1: If you're in the fitness industry, you'll find tips and strategies from proven business experts. Now, let's start the show.
0: Hello, guys, and welcome to the Fitness Education Online podcast. I'm here with another episode with my
2: brother of Bro Science, Craig.
0: Thank you very much for joining me for today's episode.
2: Thanks, Trav. Uh, excited to be back yet again uh, chatting with an awesome guest. Yeah, really excited
0: for this one because it is such an important topic and something that um, is really, I think... Not covered, and not. I think it's becoming more, uh, more and more popular now. Um, I think in the in the, the few years previous, it hasn't been as important as what we see it now today. So today we've got um, Australia's number one sleep expert, Olivia Rosalo, who's got a um, bachelor in psychology, sleep uh, sleep certificates, nutrition certificates, as well as one of our own brethren of a cert three, cert four in fitness. Thank you for for making a bit of time today to join us. Uh, Really appreciate it and and really looking forward to today's chat as well.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here and working with you. As mentioned, I have a background as a PT and I feel like if there's one now knowing what to know about sleep, I feel like all PTs and all people in the fitness industry need to know much more about sleep because it's such a fundamental on how their clients are going to see better results in their training and also feel better. Um, so I'm really grateful to be here because I know that your audience is probably all all of the ones that are, you know, taking your courses and studying and wanting to, you know, be in the industry. So I feel like it's really going to be really valuable for them. So thanks for having me.
0: No, our pleasure, completely our pleasure. So. First things first, maybe we'll just dive into a little bit of background where you know, you've obviously been involved in this <coughs> industry, um, but, but what's a bit of your background?
1: So I have a Bachelor of Social Science Psychology, Certificate of Sleep Psychology, Diploma of Health Sciences, traditional Medicine, and a certificate for important fitness. So initially, while I was studying, I was doing wellness coaching, just as I, as I accumulated my degree. Um, I began, you know, coaching in different areas, be it stress or mindset, then some PT. And then when I think sleep psychology was my last degree and I started doing some coaching in that space. And it turns out that my sleep clients got really good results really fast. And I started talking to other people about it and I realized that everyone needed help sleep and nobody knew what to do about it. Nobody was sleeping, but everyone was just like, I'm tired. And I was like, so what are you doing? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, what? Like, whereas, you know, you talk to somebody who's, oh, I'm unfit. And then they're like, okay, so I go to a PT or, oh, I need to, you know, clean up my diet. So, you know, they Google, you know, weight loss diet or, you know, paleo diet. Like, mm-hmm. it's very, like, people take action. Whereas with sleep, it's very much just like, I'm just not sleeping well. Oh, well. Yeah, I think I was,
0: like, was going to yeah. say, one of the things that I know we've spoken with Craig in the past is like the role that GPs play in this as well. Of you know, like Craig, I'm going to throw. It's always a bit of a running joke that I always throw GPs under the bus, straight under um, the bus. <laughs> but essentially, people go in. I'm not sleeping well, and the Jeep, and it's like I'm not sleeping well. Can I have something to help me sleep? You know, and, and that's the first thing that happens, rather than. Uh, a holistic approach i know i know that wouldn't necessarily be craig's approach but but um yeah craig maybe maybe a bit of your experience on on that side of things around like a gp's role in this as
2: well well i always talk about it it's whenever there's a a, there's a little caveat at the end of any kind of statement otherwise see your doctor for more information i'm i'm often slightly concerned about that suggestion at times after listening to your book uh, I know there was a lot of those suggestions. I was like, uh, I think the referrals might be going in the opposite direction for people who need some help with sleep. Uh, it, it is a massive problem we see in uh, in primary healthcare, in general practice. Uh, it, uh, it is one that people come in and, and, and a lot of these sort of lifestyle type things, people come in and would like some kind of quick fix and unfortunately... During my medical training, we don't necessarily learn all the stuff that's, that's covered in your book and we don't necessarily explore it in a, in a holistic way. So uh, unfortunately, there are occasions when you, you, know, you will provide a little bit of a, a short term provision of a medication to assist with sleep. Uh, my, my general historic approach has been provide some guidance on sleep hygiene, which is similar to a lot of the stuff that is discussed in your, in, in your book and in your work. Um, but but probably not to the detail and, and not in a way that you're able to action a plan. I think that that description that you said is essentially people are very passive around their sleep. It's just like sleep just happens to them. They don't necessarily do anything about it. So other than the, you know, try not to drink too much coffee and stay off your screens, you know, we're not really able to provide them a huge amount of um, actionable advice. And that's what I thought was, um, was really awesome about your
1: book. Oh, well, thank you. I think that's sort of why I'm probably most passionate about it, because when you look at the research, there is so much you can do to improve sleep. And, you know, it, it's not necessarily complicated. Like this is what I share in my book, you know, light is the number one factor to control this circadian rhythm. So if there's one thing you can do to improve your sleep, it's to block out blue light in the evening. And that can be very, very simply achieved by a pair of blue light blocking glasses, such as... No, they're not in, they're <laughs> they're not not over in there. the usual spot. Yeah, they're over there somewhere. <laughs> we like looking glasses, which are my recommendation. Um, you know, it's it's the number one way that you're going to improve your sleep. And it's not complicated. You just put on glasses. Can, can I actually
0: ask about that? Because they, they're definitely something that is more and more common. Are they, I assume there's lots of variety of them and, and some yeah. are probably better than others, just because you're on the topic now.
1: Well, it's a it's actually, I assume
0: some are better than others. It's
1: a great question because so there's digital lenses, which are the clear lenses, and then there's blue light blocking glasses, which are the orange and red lenses. Now, now the digital lenses, they're the ones that have become more popular in recent times. They block out 40 to 50%, whereas the, uh, the red lenses and the orange lenses block out hundred percent at least the ones that i recommend do so it's so important that you have the ones that have the red lenses or the orange lenses otherwise you're essentially 50 percent covered
0: mm.
1: and um, even amongst
0: and I, those are they like quality of lenses
1: yeah or? absolutely absolutely so Um, I've on my website, a sleep kit, which includes 100% blue light blocking glasses, I'll include that as a link for you guys. So you can get the ones that are actually the best quality. And there's a discount code, which I share um, as well. So it's really important to make sure that you're having 100% blue light blocking glasses. Otherwise, just like if you're using a medication, that's only half the strength, it's not going to work. And then you're still going to have struggles falling asleep and you're still going to have struggles staying asleep. And I think, you know, that's such a simple, actionable tip, but it does blow me away that, you know, that even medical profession, professionals aren't taught the fundamentals of, okay, what controls sleep? Because scientifically it's light. Light is the number one sight the number one factor to control the circadian rhythm, which is the number one factor to control melatonin as key sleepiness hormone.
0: Yeah. I mean, and and I think, um, I suppose the future of houses and homes ideally will be that, you know, like all these down lights that we've now got in our homes will all be, um, you know, at a certain time, they'll be able to change. They'll be able to you know change to a different tone. Like I know, I know in our house we've got, uh, what are they? Warm and cool lights at least. And so at certain time we swap over the lights to try and, dim the house down a little bit mainly so the kids don't go crazy but um but also it's just a bit nicer than all the bright lights but uh, i i sort of hope that maybe in the future we're, we're going to be optimizing homes for some of this stuff as well
1: definitely i think it's really it's really helpful to do that like definitely dim lights are more sleep friendly than you know bright lights but it's still important to know that you know, the, the research indicates even dim lights left on overnight can still impair melatonin synthesis by more than 20%. Yeah, wow. So even if you have your lights down low and you're not using any screens like you know, a device, or a laptop, a TV, a phone, your, your melatonin is still going to be suppressed. Mm. Just because we've had advances in technology doesn't mean that our biology has adapted our biology is still the same as it was thousands and thousands of years ago which is programmed to be if it's dark melatonin is produced therefore you sleep if it's bright melatonin is suppressed therefore you're awake Mm. and that's why we continue to see sleep problems pervade across society and i was reading this study today 68 percent of aussies are struggling to stay asleep through the night and 78% are kept awake as they're falling asleep with random thoughts, quote unquote.
0: Mm. Yeah, wow. Interesting. You know, I this mean is,
1: this is me this me, you know, that means that four in five are struggling to fall asleep. And two in three are struggling to stay asleep. Mm. These are huge statistics. But why? It's because when I, I know that when I talk about blue light blocking glasses, people are like, what are they? people aren't doing the number one thing and they, they're doing a lot of other things. They're taking the sleep supplements. They're, you know, um, they're trying to cut out technology. They're, you know, eating early. They're, you know, doing all the right things, but they're not doing the most important thing. Yeah, wow. Let's take a quick break.
0: right now. Interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I I can't say I'm, uh, you know, following all the guidelines properly, but maybe that's something I will definitely look into as well with the glasses as well.
1: The thing is you don't have to follow all the guidelines. You just have to follow the most important one.
0: Mm, Yeah, interesting.
1: And that is amongst the most important. Um, But I think it's also really important to integrate that into your circadian rhythm Um, and your chronotype, so that's the concept of my book, which you are having a look at, which is, I'm honoured, and for all your uh, viewers.
0: Yeah, Bear, Lion, Lion. and Wolf. I have to say, we've both gone through it, and uh, we both really enjoyed it. So we've both um, read, um, well, when I say read, I mean listened to, for me at least, uh, Matthew Walker's book as well, Why We Sleep, which is an amazing book. Yeah. But it's pretty intense. Yours is so digestible and i think craig that's that's what you were saying as well um with your book so do you want to add on that craig
2: yeah well i I guess um you know it was really it was really i I haven't gotten through the uh uh, the why we sleep yet because it is quite heavy and and dense but um i really i really uh, i liked your book because it was very digestible and it was very application heavy so it's all about um turning you know turning intentions into actions it's one of the, the sort of key things that you discuss in the book so it's it's really useful and practical and very much something that I can see myself in a clinical situation being able to direct, to direct people towards that sort of context and those sort of strategies it's like actually really useful thing to add to the toolkit and just just to sort of go back to Travis's introduction of maybe people haven't been putting enough attention on sleep and um, you know, there's that perception of the very highly functional individual, the CEO, the this, the that, who are doing their four hours of sleep and operating, you know, without sleep. And, you know, if you, if you want to be successful, you've got to be awake before everyone else and staying up after they're gone and all that sort of stuff. And I know um, it's delved into, into why we sleep, but that's, that's just a such, such a minute percentage of the population who can even function at that level. And that shouldn't be what, we, what we're working towards. And I guess in my experience, I've worked in a few different environments. You know, in in a military environment, in a, um, a sporting environment, looking at sort of all ways to optimize performance. And everyone's looking at the sort of how do I improve this, how do I improve that? You know, what supplements do I need? What this? What that? And it comes back to the foundation of before you do any of that, um, before you worry about any of that, you need to sort out your nutrition. You need to make sure you're appropriately hydrated. You need to limit your exposure to things that are going to set you back, like. You know, alcohol, smoking, drugs—all that, all that stuff—that's going to be negative for you. And you need to sort your sleep out. Like it is such an important thing for injury recovery, injury prevention, overall performance. And you know, it's not a case of a magic pill that that helps people to perform better. It's it's looking after those those foundational things. So yeah, really, um, I really found the the book very uh very practical, which is good.
1: I'm I'm honored, and um, yeah, I'm I'm really honored because that was my. my primary aim, I wanted it not just to be a novel that, you know, you put on the shelf and you read and you go, Oh, that's nice. It's like there you can be so proactive and it's so easy to be proactive. If you, if you're given a set step-by-step guide, it's actually quite simple. And that's exactly what I tried to do. You know, breaking it down by, okay, let's not just give sleep tips and sleep advice, but actually let's work with our biology, our chronotype, you know, and determine Who should be doing what at what time? Who should be using which sleep strategy at what time? And if you are a bear, lion, wolf, then you can follow that action and see greater results than if you were just following one pattern designed for all because we're not the same, our biology isn't the same, and our circadian rhythm dictates when we should do what and how we're going to see the best results. Mm. Um, and for anyone listening, if they do want to find out their chronotype, I have on my website. I have a quiz. It's really simple. Both the boys have filled it out and apparently enjoyed it. Um,
0: both came so, back. Both came back as bears. For anyone who fills it out and goes, what are, yeah. what are the uh, what are the two boys? We, we both came back as bears. Which yeah. one thing actually? Again, listen to your book. Right at the very end, you've got your acknowledgements, and you've got. Um, you know, to my, my parents, who I think were both bears and my grandmother or something, I think was a bear, um, or maybe they're lions or something,
1: but yeah, so my, is, my it, dad, is it a
0: hereditary thing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So my dad's a lion. My mum's a bear. I'm a lion. My brother's a, my brother's a bear. Yeah. And my grandma is, a, is a lion and my granddad is a lion. Sorry, is mm-hmm. a bear. So you know, it's all in the genes, yeah. So one of the key factors to control um, our chronotype is genetics. Yes, it's yeah, interesting. It's fifty percent of our chronotype.
2: So it seems a like a good time, a, a good time go to uh, explain to people what the chronotypes are <laughs> before they keep wondering <laughs> well, about what these but, two guys are running around dressed like bears. Oh yeah,
1: um, so so an, a, a chronotype is just a categorization system for your biological preference to sleep and wake at a particular time. So if, you're an, if you have an early preference, so you like to get up early and you like to fall asleep early, you're categorized as a lion. If you're somewhere in the middle, you are a bear. If you are a particularly late riser and a particularly late to go to sleep, you are a wolf
2: it's just like a more sophisticated look at the you know the early bird and the night wolf yeah. it's actually breaking it yeah, down yeah
1: so it's very very similar early bird or a night owl and then there's just that group in the middle which is called a bear hmm.
0: yeah. and, and with that you you mentioned it's it's sort of genetics in there as well uh as a few other factors that play into it but what what are the impacts? We'll probably get into some of this as well, hopefully. But what are the impacts for, say, someone who is a wolf who's getting forced into, say, a lion's type? You know, so, you know, I'm, I'm someone who's a night owl. I'm someone who wants to be awake late. But my job says I've got to start at 8 a.m. and work through. Are there, can you shift these chronotypes? Can you, or is it just a matter of, like, finding new job?
1: Um, so... A wolf trying to adapt to a lion's schedule would struggle. It doesn't mean you have to change jobs, but I would recommend using the the strategies that are recommended for lions instead of wolves in order to adjust your chronotype. So, for example, lions are encouraged to exercise early in the morning. Um whereas wolves are encouraged to do it in the afternoon if you're trying to shift into a lion chronotype pattern, then you should adopt the strategies that are recommended for lions uh, because it 's not just your underlying circadian rhythm which dictates your um your circadian rhythm it 's also things like exercise and diet which is are also signals for the circadian rhythm to either suppress melatonin or produce melatonin. Um, Exercise, for example, reduces melatonin, so it makes us feel more alert, um, as does light. So if you're trying to get up really early, then movement in the morning is one of the best things you can do in bright light. Um, It might feel kind of painful at the start, but this is just while your circadian rhythm is adjusting. And over time, you'll actually find it easier to accommodate that um that schedule even if it's naturally your preference yeah okay
2: and it's one of the things that's sort of discussed in the book that the chronotype obviously does change and it changes over time and i guess one of the things that you're sort of starting to see, travis has got a background in um in education and and you know the schooling system isn't really set up for what the chronotype of Uh, I guess, you know, the adolescent male might be a a lot of the time. So there's a lot of those sort of structures that um, maybe people have to fit into. And I know there's been a fair bit of talk around, you know, shifting school times uh, to to find an appropriate balance. And and that's also to obviously factor in with, you know, parents working schedules and all that sort of stuff. But I know there's been questions asked about whether the, the school system hours that were set up, you know, 50, 60 years ago are still... The best way to go about it and is that the best way to be you know educating young people to be aware of these these issues
1: if i can um if i can add to that there's been a lot of research that that has I know there was this one school in i think it was minnesota or mississippi sorry i can't remember exactly um but they shifted school start times by an hour later and they saw a 70 cent 70% reduction in motor vehicle accidents.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, mem- I remember that one as well. It's, yeah. uh, like, some of the like the, the, the trickle-down effects, it's just it's huge. mind-blowing.
1: Huge. There's, there was also improvements in their gradements, in their motivation, in their mental health. The thing is that adolescents are wolves. Typically, they're wolves. They're, they're, that's their primary chronotype. And this gets, they start off as, um, so in in early like in infancy they're lions, and then they move into a bear pattern in like, you know, normal five to about twelve. And then, as they progress through puberty, the later they, the later it gets into puberty, the more they exert wolf tendencies. And it sort of turns from a bear from being predominantly bears to predominantly wolves around the age of 17 for males and 16 for females. So after that time, we should actually be accommodating for a wolf schedule, which is allowing them to fall asleep at around 12 and awake at around 8. That would be ideal. But school starts at 8.30. You can't get up at 8 o'clock. Maybe, maybe during COVID, when you were working from home and homeschool, maybe that was possible. I don't know. Um, but you know, now it's it's really shifted back. And you know, you look at the research about countries who are actually allowing that, and statistics: mental health goes up when you shift school sc- t- times back. Depression goes down. Anxiety disorders go down. Grade performance goes up. Motor vehicle accidents go down. Mm. So it's, it's really interesting because of all the research I was actually looking at, and I was like, if there was one thing that I'd like, you know, have a policy on, it would probably be that in terms of student health and blue light glasses, of course.
0: Mm. <laughs> we, we both giggled at that at that school start time situation because I'm pretty sure we both put that challenge to the test. Well, I, I definitely did because I lived closer to the school than Craig did. Yeah, yeah. Pretty sure oh. mine was like an eight 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 thirty start or whatever it was, and. 8:20, wake up was, was uh, probably my, my go-to.
2: We also lived like three houses down from our primary school when we started, so yeah, we were okay. we were habituated to rolling out of bed and into the classroom right. from an early age. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. So one of the things I want
0: to get back to um, some of the stuff that you said at the very beginning of, of today was coming from your PT background. Some of the stuff that you said you wish at PTs would be able to action or would be able to know. So what? What are some of the issues for people who are experiencing bad sleep? Like what can bad sleep lead to?
1: Okay. So one, and this is relevant to all PTs. um, So stress hormone cortisol can increase by 37% after just one night of insufficient sleep. Now I'm going to pop quiz you guys. What does cortisol do to muscle?
2: Eats it up. Stops it. That's crazy. Yep. So that? well, oh,
1: oh. that, it's uh, to,
2: catabolic to muscle. You, <laughs> Breaks it down.
1: Yeah, you've got a you've got a person training and they're not sleeping enough. They're not going to look toned. They're not going to get their gains. They're going to not be able to build muscle mass. Further than that, there was a study that found individuals sleeping eight point five hours having the same diet and the same exercise output as the exact same individuals who were sleeping 5.5 hours a few weeks later, when they were sleeping 8.5 hours, they lost 55% more body fat. Mm. 55%. And the thing is that they still, when they, were, when they were sleeping 5.5 hours, they still lost actual weight because they were in a you know, cal- calorie um, deficit but they lost muscle mass. So you don't sleep enough, you lose muscle. Mm. You don't lose fat. Um, there's also an increase in hunger hormone ghrelin by 28% and a decrease in satiety hormone leptin by 18% and an increase in cravings for sugary carbohydrates by 45% all after just two nights of insufficient sleep. Yeah, wow
0: basically makes it impossible.
1: Correct, correct. So you are so you're training and then you and then your muscles are being eaten away. And then when you're going to eat, you're starving and you're craving donuts and muffins and, you know, cakes, and then you're eating them and you're not satisfied. Mm. Like I don't know if PTs know this because I feel like if they did, they would all say Go and get onto that Olivia girl because she's got some seed tips for you.
0: <laughs> for sure, for sure. And I think um, one thing I just want to add on to that, well, don't want to add on to it, I just want to ask a question onto it. How about people who are shift workers? Uh, like, does that does that if they're still getting eight hours, if it's at a different time of day, how does that relate? Does that change those things as well?
1: Yeah, so the quality of sleep for shift workers is significantly less so they might be sleeping but typically they still will experience disrupted sleep um they'll experience less slow wave sleep so less less cellular recovery um and overall they'll be still exhausted when they wake up
0: so results again similarly inhibited
1: let's take a quick break So the result. Sorry. sorry what? So
0: like, let's say they're they're trying to lose weight. They're trying to gain muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, same same so, sort of issues.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I know it's it's a really hard one to manage because there has to shift working. It's not impossible to avoid, but I would say avoid it as mm. much as you humanly can. And
2: it's yeah. associated with increased rates of high blood yeah, pressure, yeah. diabetes. I think yeah. even cancers, like there's high associations with all these things that are, are seen.
1: Exactly. It's, yeah. the, the human body isn't designed to sleep during the day. It's just not.
0: So we've got um, impacts on weight loss, muscle, all that sort of stuff. What else are we
2: looking at uh, apart from maybe the physical? So an interesting one. So one of the other things that I, um, one of the other fields that I've worked in, Olivia is um, looking at doing, uh medical assessments for pilots so uh and and one of the requirements is is obviously understanding a lot of the human factors and risk of them obviously having lapses in judgment or any of those sort of issues um related to you know flying an airplane with a bunch of people in it so one of the interesting studies when i was doing my my training that they brought up was about the impacts on sort of concentration and cognitive performance and that was looking around of the sort of rest ratios that people were getting and it was a study on um, on university students and they, they took a population and they they um, all they did was they uh, they mandated a certain amount of time in their bed just for opportunity for sleep so they didn't do anything else to to affect their their overall sleep They had a control group and then they had uh, a, uh, I think three other groups which essentially went from uh, nine hours seven hours and five hours for the three groups so the first interesting thing was that the Ones that got forced to stay in bed for nine hours actually had improved outcomes compared to the control group showing that the general UD students were, were living on a, on a general sleep debt. Um, but the real crazy thing is they actually measured their performance and their return to function. So I think that the study ran for about a week or, or so. And the question was, how long does it take people to recover from, from this fatigue? Because I guess the, the general, uh, work-life balance is you work for a week you get two days off and then you, you're back onto it and, and that was sort of the approach for uh, pilots for their rest strategies but they found that the group that was that was forced to sleep for only given the option to sleep for five hours for a, a, an ongoing period of time up to a week not even a, a huge amount of time uh, they didn't return to their baseline uh, performance for five days yeah. after that period so after two days, they were still uh, still performing worse than the, the seven-hour group sort of thing. So it, it is it is a massive cumulative thing that, that affects your cognitive performance. And, and these were sort of uh, reaction tests and and uh, overall sort of fatigue-related human factors correlation. So that's, that's a massive one. And, and we all sort of know that, right? If you don't get a good night's sleep, your, your brain doesn't work well.
1: Hmm. Definitely. Yeah, and I feel like people underestimate the impacts, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I feel good. But, like...
2: What comes back to the car accident statistic you brought up earlier? Like, it's. it's I
1: I think people don't remember how it feels to feel well-rested. So I typically don't sleep that much. I'm a lion, which means I don't need that much sleep. However, the last... I had an allergic reaction to something that I had at Easter on Saturday night. And so I... (laughs) As, as I do it in my expertise, when, I, when I'm sick, I proactively sleep a lot. I woke up and so I, I probably slept like, I think I slept like eight, eight plus hours the last few nights, which for me is a lot. Like I'm usually more six to seven hours. That's enough for me. But I woke up this morning and I just, I, I felt super. <laughs> I was like, wow, I don't remember feeling this good for a while. Yeah. Wow. And I'm wondering if that is how other people feel. Like they don't remember how it feels to feel that good. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's you know it's all good and well to say oh you know it's just about getting more sleep. But actually, what's more important, is quality of sleep. It wasn't just that I slept for that amount of hours. It's just that the last three nights I've had dinner at like 5 p.m. and I've gone I've cut off tech at like 7 p.m. And I've literally just laid in my bed and read my book and meditated for the last, you know, hour and a half. Hmm. Like those are some good practices. And, you know, I share similar practices in my, in my book. Um, I also share similar practices and recommendations in my online program, Sleep School, which by the way, for your listeners, I have a discount code, which I'm happy to, Um, share with you guys and share with them it's not live at the moment but um, it is you are able to enroll and get an early bird discount Um, and yeah I think it's just really important to be proactive and you know doing simple things like wearing blue light glasses and simple things like finding your chronotype and following the recommendations for that sleep type Um, and then you can really maximise the rest quality that you do have, even if it isn't the maximum amount of hours that you want.
0: Yeah, so one thing I just want to add there, both Craig and I have young kids. Do we have any hope? Have we got, like, a, I'm up at least that's, once or twice a night at the moment. It's, yeah. And I have been for the last, like, two and a half years. it's, uh, it's been well, happening.
2: And I was going to uh, respond to your earlier story. I, I think I might have also had an allergic reaction on Easter Saturday. I was at a wedding, and I haven't felt very well for many days afterwards. <laughs> so right. I'm not sure which bottle of wine I had the reaction to, but uh, there was some sabotaging <laughs> of my sleep happening then. So
1: right, yeah. Sorry
2: I should have had. Uh, I should have gone the eight to nine hours sleep thereafter. But yeah, my my kids are pretty good with sleeping, so I'm going alright. Although I do have another one on the way in a couple of months, so that's going to go backwards. I, I'll
1: agree. I think. Getting around sleeping with kids, that's a tricky one. Um, But I still believe you can use a lot of the strategies That so then when you are sleeping, that you are maximizing your rest quality. Mm -hmm. For example, using blue light blocking glasses, that's still going to mean that when you're waking up through the night, that means that your melatonin levels are, are going to stay higher and therefore you're going to sleep deeper when you do fall back to sleep um similarly you know other recommendations in my book um you know using a magnesium supplement and i do have a specific you know specific brand to recommend um that can be really valuable as well and you know despite getting up for your kids it's still going to help you maximize your rest quality so i think that's also really important too and you know knowing your chronotype as well and Catering to that, even if you are waking several times throughout the night for your kids, it's still really important to be proactive and Nope, also... we are just frozen here. We just just lost you there at the end. Yes.
2: Uh, uh... Put your back.
1: Am I back?
2: Yeah, sorry, you just froze for a second.
1: That's all right. Um... Yeah, I was just saying. You know, it's it's really important to be proactive, even if you do have kids, and doing what you can do. You know, wearing the blue light glasses. Um, you know, practicing a good night phone alarm, which just connects you from all technology an hour before bed. Um, you know, practicing reading. It being maybe that's reading together with the kids. You know, teaching fundamental sleep hygiene you know we have we have bedtime routines for our kids so making sure that they are actually the effective ones that you know i would recommend in my book or in sleep school um um, my online program and then you know doing what you can because admittedly your sleep isn't going to be as great as if you aren't interrupted by kids but you can still be proactive despite that it's funny you just said something
0: there craig i'll just You said like, you know, kids, they talk about the routine and it's funny that, you know, we, we know that we need to follow this routine for the kids to go to bed, but as adults, that seems to go out the window,
1: right? right? Let's take a quick break.
0: Hey, Bar and Grill fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-host sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar and Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember Madhouse Bar Talks, baby.
1: No, it's exactly the same. We still need a routine. That's why, that's why, you know, as you'll see in my book, a lot of it is just about routines. Like they're based in science, but routines make it straightforward and actionable and appropriate and applicable, you know like it's all good and well to read a book but you need to actually know okay what do I do in step one step two step three and that's what I teach in my book that's what I teach in my online course sleep school because and that's what I teach in my private coaching as well what do you do next that that's what people need to know the science is good but actually What's the, what, what are the three steps that I need to take to sleep better tonight? That's what you essentially want to know. And so if somebody was asking me that, I'd say, one, know your chronotype, take my quiz. Two, use blue light blocking glasses. And three, expose yourself to light in the morning in the first hour. If you're a lion or a bear, 20 minutes. And if you're a wolf, 40 minutes. Right. Just in right. case anyone wants short, sharp, actionable tips.
0: Yeah. Sorry, well, what uh, were you gonna say?
2: well, what I was going to say earlier is um, it is true. My kids aren't responsible for scrolling through social media at, you know, 11pm at night or feeding me an ice cream um, several hours after I should have gone to bed. So it is true. There are definitely mitigating factors to improve your sleep, irrespective of the things that are outside of your control. Um, sure. I really like your point about uh, having sort of actionable... Uh, advice and and I know you sort of talk about in your book that you, you you're quite into sort of self-help books and I've gotten quite into a few different concepts you know i got quite into stoicism and a few other sort of things me and Travis both um really enjoyed Atomic Habits by James Clear as well
1: uh, that um, was that's one of my favorites I love that book
2: and, and it's Great so true it's so true because um uh, so many of these uh self-help books uh you know I've read them doesn't necessarily mean I've helped myself as much uh, right. You just read good. and
1: you go, okay, that's good.
2: Yeah, but, but for, for example, your book and, and um, Atomic Habits have really practical applications which are, which are really useful to, to do. You still need to do them. But the other thing that you always, t- you, you actually um, finish your book on some really good ways to approach that and the mm-hmm. importance of having a system and having support and a few principles to try and actually enact them. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure to try to, try to utilize utilise that. And then the other thing that I thought would be quite good to talk about um, is, you know, you talked about the importance of a bedtime routine, and one of the good things in your book, one of the many good things in your book, was the like the signature bedtime routine. I, I think that that is a good little encapsulation that the listeners could uh, could get a lot out of out of if um, if we go through that quickly. Sure. Uh, I um, yeah. So so the the number one is the is the uh, the block out blue light like uh, two yeah. to three hours before before bedtime um, yeah yeah
1: number two is to have lavender capsules, lavender oil capsules not just lavender oil because lavender I oil.
0: Mean, i never knew that was a thing i've never yeah, heard of that before
1: yeah they're um they're in pharmacies in australia um i think they're, they're less well known but if you look at the research the actual clinical data um so there was one study in a uh, scientific journal called phytomedicine that found that lavender oil capsules could reduce anxiety by 59% and improve sleep quality by 45%. There was another study that found that lavender oil capsules, the same milligram, so it was 80 milligrams in both studies, could reduce anxiety by 45%, which was comparable to a sleeping pill, which reduced anxiety by 46%.
2: Yeah, wow. Crazy, right? Crazy. Well funnily um, so enough, uh, Yeah. funnily enough, I used to um come home when I was living interstate and uh this probably isn't isn't the most effective, but I used to roll over and find a sprig of lavender under my pillow that my mum had stuffed in there on occasion. I don't know if that ever happened to you, Travis, but maybe I've the never had that. Maybe the lavender capsules. Well that was that was the turn down service that mum gave us when I was moving back <laughs> from Interstate. But the yeah. lavender capsules sound more practical than waking up and finding a sprig of lavender in your
0: uh, well, Br- Brenda sprays it. lavender oil on the pillows occasionally.
1: Can be helpful, but I would recommend capsules. going by the capsules just because that's what's in the clinical studies. Interesting. Um, step three is to have a good night phone alarm. I mentioned that is what, something that I do. Um, so that's literally a phone that goes off an hour before bed to alert you to disconnect from tech um that's for all chronotypes at that time um next up you want to have a shower because it helps promote the, redu- the production of melatonin um next step is to can have i
0: interrupt make- on the shower one actually yeah warm or cold lukewarm warm. lukewarm yeah i've been trying to i've been trying to get into the uh the cold shower situation
1: yeah I,
2: I love it. And <laughs> Probably not going to. I think that wakes you up. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 it, that, does, yeah. it does.
1: Yeah. It does. Good morning, Yeah. It, good. Good morning, one.
2: Yeah. I think number five. Um, move I, on to the magnesium supplements.
1: Yeah, it's to have a magnesium supplement, and that's been found in clinical studies to reduce anxiety by thirty-one percent. Step six is to read. So just.
2: Just on the magnesium one, quickly. So, me and Trav actually did a uh, a topic all about um, nutritional supplements in performance and sports, and it's really interesting. So, the the Australian Institute of Sport uh, the Australian Institute of Sport has a framework on their evidence base for supplements, and me and Travis were both really surprised that they actually recently downgraded magnesium from uh, a level B to a level C. So, from you know evidence for performance enhancing to mm. unclear. And I think the caveat there, unfortunately, was um, for things like muscle cramps in sport, you know, the evidence isn't that good for for that mm-hmm. sort of stuff for using magnesium, which had historically been used a lot in sport. But you know, Travis made a really good point in that podcast is there's really good evidence for sleep. And surely if it's enhancing yeah. your sleep, then it's enhancing your performance. But, but that was just I a bit of an point. eccentric side. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't really I guess I can't comment too much on how on its impact. Or it's like validity for performance, but for sleep, there is a wealth of evidence for sure.
2: And sleep equals performance.
1: Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, step six is to read, because reading's been found in a clinical study to by the University of Sussex, Sussex to reduce stress by sixty-eight percent, with the effect starting in just six minutes. And then
0: can I go, I'm sorry to interrupt all of these, (laughs) all of these points. I assume, I assume that doesn't include listening to a book. (laughs)
1: um, And fiction,
0: nonfiction, does that make a difference as well?
1: As long as it doesn't stimulate you. Like I don't, I don't know the exact reading book that book they were reading in this, in this university study. But anything that doesn't stimulate you. So you want something relaxing. Um, nothing that would alarm you. And I'd steer clear of read newspaper, you know, that might contain, you know, like, oh, uh, you know, this country has been bombed or something like that's not comfortable to go to sleep with. And similarly, you don't want to be reading about that in like your book as well. So something relaxing and calming like my book on how to sleep better.
2: (laughs) I know that uh, I've had some anecdotal experience of people who've had issues with sleep because they would would work off a a reading timer and they used to read all these cliffhanger action books and they used to not be able to get to sleep because they wanted to know what happened next. So yeah, so you don't really want a real page turner, not that your book's not a real page turner, but you want something that you can pause and continue later on.
1: Yeah, it's just calming and relaxing, yeah. And then step seven is to use an eye mask because, of course, that protects you from your light throughout the evening. And there are specific recommendations for each chronotype, which I won't share because that would give people no incentives to either read my book or join my online program, Sleep School. So, um, yeah, those are the basic principles, but they are modified for each chronotype. So, yeah. if you want to find out your chronic site, remember go to my website and find it out, and then you can move forward either with my course or with my book.
0: Love it. What What is the website? If we as we look to sort of sign off.
1: Sure, my website is this full name, which is Olivia Arizolo. That's Olivia O L I V I A, and then Arizolo is A R E double dot All the links there. All the links to my book my sleep school as of uh, also my sleep kit, which includes my blue light blocking glasses so it's a great resource and um you can also email me there if you do want to discuss private coaching and or just say hello
0: <laughs> yeah I, I think both craig and i can't can't say it enough that as a book it is <laughs> very good it is so practical. Sorry. That's right. It's, uh, I'm just glad it's uh, usually my dog doing that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's so practical. There's so many good clear steps. Um, it's not like I said, a lot of the books I've read on some stuff recently, a lot of you know, have been so bogged down in the science that it can sometimes be quite tough to get through some of them. Not that they're not interesting, and not that they're they're not amazing books. But Yours isn't, doesn't get like into these weeds of just like, okay, there's this study and 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 this study. Oh. oh and then there's this study, this study, this study, this study, you know, like that's it's, it's so practical.
1: Yeah. No, that, that's, and that's why, like I, I, I wanted to help people. It's not helpful. If you just know 20 studies about science, about sleepers, the science of sleep. Great. What do I do? How like people literally, they read a book on how to sleep better to sleep better. Sure, they're interested in the science. But actually, if I just said on page one, okay, hey, guys, do these 10 steps to sleep better tonight, I would doubt that 90% of the readers would read page, page two. Mm. Because all they <laughs> want to know is what do I do right now? Mm. And I think it's, it's been really interesting because I, um, so I wrote the book uh, last year. And then I designed my sleep program this year. And initially I was sort of modeled on the same principle. I yeah, teach the science first and then, then give the, um, you know, give the principles. And then I completed my program and I, I put this through it. And literally the day after I was like, I was like, I want to make sure they see results on day one. And then I was like, wait a minute. Then I've got to give them the tips and the strategies on day one. They don't care about the science. They want the results on day one. And so it was funny because I was speaking to my business coach and I was like, so I know I've just filmed it all, but I'm actually going to change it. So the last bit's the first bit, the first bit's the last bit, because I want, this is exactly what, I, what happens in my private coaching sessions. I want to know that whatever I say in my, you know, 45 minute block or in their, you know, limited short attention span, that they're going to see results there and then so it's um yeah it's funny it's I feel like now that I understand I guess about what people are really seeking much more the the program accommodates that because it's like okay you're gonna see results on day one because you're gonna get told what to do on day one whereas the book it's beautiful but you might have to like you skim through all of the science first but both is helpful but um
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'm sure the program's also going to be amazing, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I just, I can't speak highly enough of the book as a, as a really good practical resource for people. I'm,
1: I'm honored. It's, it's something that I feel, so I've given it to all my family and it's something that I feel like we all need to, we all need to read about and learn about because as we were saying initially, you know, sleep is something that typically individuals are, pro- are passive about. It's just like, I'm just not sleeping. Mm. But you read the book and you're like, wow, there's so much I can do. And it's so great to give that because you feel so empowered and like enlivened because you know that if you're not sleeping well, that you can do things. Mm. Nothing worse than having a problem and thinking that the only way you can solve it is by taking a pill. Yeah. So I'm so, so, so proud that that's what you have taken out of the book and i'm really grateful that Bring this feedback because it's still you know it only came out a few months ago so um i'm so pleased to hear that that's the feedback from you and i really appreciate it so thank you so much
0: and and also again i know we're talking about reading available on audible and uh and and you and read it which makes exactly. it Exactly. Mm. Yeah way better always always significantly and better than the author say, reads it. <laughs>
1: always better but it's really funny because I've never read I yeah, I've never it's my first book so I listened back to the to the to the audible myself as soon as it came out I downloaded it I'm like wow I have a really like calming voice <laughs> I didn't read that I just tried to sound like professional
0: yeah yeah it, it's <laughs> that very sort good. of good it's very good. As I said, for a yeah. lot of these ones, I, I didn't expect to see it on Audible, to be honest, and then and then it was there. I was like, that's it. Got to get it. Got to get it. Got to get it. So went and did it. So thank you very much for that.
1: Um, I'm so honored. Thank you.
2: Craig, before we sign off, you got anything you want to finish off on? No. Great episode. Great chat. I hope people have hung around to listen to the whole thing. I love it. Uh, Olivia,
0: thank you so much. Uh, we'll get all those links and all that information in, in the notes. Uh, that'll be in the notes uh, below so please check it out please go and do the quiz for your chronotype uh, really interesting plus you get you actually get some good information after you do your quiz as well so um, if you're not gonna you know if, you, if you're like oh maybe I should buy the book you should buy the book but yeah you actually do get some good information after doing the quiz as well uh, Olivia thanks for giving up a bit of time this evening hopefully we're not uh, interrupting your, your sleep cycle as you as you're looking into the the screen right now
1: no but I am um, I am happy to be signing off because I'm very, so me, I'm very, very sensitive. So if I'm exposed to too much light in the evening or I drink anything except green tea as a stimulant for caffeine, then I am bouncing off the wall. So yeah, wow. I will very, very happily um, love you guys and leave you guys. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure and I look forward to, to hearing from all of your audience members and listeners i would love to um i'd love to hear from you it really makes my day when you know somebody sends me an email or you know pops in my dms and says oh you know i i heard you on this past and this is helping me sleep better and like it it really makes my day so um if anyone is listening and considering reaching out please do because it really is uh, i think what we all are here for um, Travis and Craig included, you know, to really make a great impact. So, Perfect. um, yeah, we look forward to hearing from you.
0: Awesome. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode, uh, another episode of bro science, and, uh, we'll see you on your next one. Awesome.
1: Thank you for listening. If you liked this show, share it with your friends, subscribe on iTunes, and leave us a five-star review for show notes and free training on how to grow your fitness business. Visit www.fitnesseducationonline.com.au.
0: Are you a fitness professional looking to provide your clients with personalized meal plans? Well, check out Mealsy, the ultimate solution for creating custom meal plans in just a few simple clicks. With Mealsy, you can say goodbye to countless hours spent on meal planning. Our Australian Meal Planning web app is designed to save you time and effort